just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sikoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show with you. Until the top of the hour, thanks for joining us with us for this show. My buddy Chuck Crosby over at the Crosby Law Offices. They do a great job getting loans closed. And you can reach Chuck, and he does other stuff as well, including Wills. You can reach Chuck at 499-6360. Also, a friend of, well, friend of my friend, it's Matt Bass over at Swan Financial. Randy Rocky has the... Uh, the day off today, and so Matt is filling in. Matt, good to have you here. And your direct felt. I'm going to give out your number, okay? I know we didn't discuss this, but I'm giving it out right anyway. Five seven two nine six two six. Correct. Correct. Yep. Good. Okay. And you can keep unmuted. We're doing our Zoom show. What that means basically is we're recording on Zoom. We upload it to YouTube so that you can see it if you want to maybe reference something that we've talked about. And if you want to uh, listen to it or see it, see what we look like. LouisvilleAnswers.com is the website address. And of course, www.louisvilleanswers.com. That will take you directly to the YouTube channel where the uh, broadcast is. Okay. So, first thing up was a comment from a past uh, show from one of our listeners. Tom writes in. Thank you, by the way, for, for emailing to us. Um, one of the listeners commented, Tom, that uh, the question, you remember the, the question we had about the Halloween, the woman who did not want kids coming up to her house and she was really upset about halloween coming around again so anyway tom suggests that the listener reach out to a family member or neighbor who could sit on the front porch of this lady's house and talk with the kids as they come up and dish out uh, candy as they come to trick-or-treat that's a really good alternative tom thanks for not only sending that in but also for listening to our show and by the way uh, if you have a question send it to me bob at we sell louisville.com put a radio question in the subject line and then the question in the body of the email that's exactly what john did he sent us this email and chuck this one is for you john his sister and brother and you and i talked about this earlier in the week just inherited a home from his dad who passed away he has to share the profits of the sale of the home with his sister and brother and his sister was appointed executrix so this is a touchy question, and there are a lot of people who are going to be in this quest in this position, and will have this question. He says the sister is saying she's taking five percent of the estate for being the executrix. So Chuck, have you ever heard of that happening? Yeah, that's a I mean statutory uh, uh, charge. Uh, the executor is allowed to take up to five percent of all the money that's or all of the assets brought into the estate. So if it's not brought into the estate, well, then it's not something they can take. But yeah, it's a statutory provision. Um, can't say as I've ever seen anybody do it. Uh, but then again, you know, I don't I've done probate, but I haven't, you know, done a million of them. I assume some of the local guys that uh, do only probate have seen it. Uh, usually where I see it is when uh, a corporate uh, executors in, involved, like Fifth Third Bank or, you know, something like that. I did a little more research on this because I, I like getting information for our listeners. And apparently in every state, there are different policies or concepts or yeah, rules. I mean, yeah, that's not unusual. I mean, you can't yeah. set up a, a common law marriage in Kentucky, but you can do it in California. <laughs> Ooh, how about that? Well, yeah. and, and it ranges 5 to 10% different, but it, just so you know. So, John, I, yeah, that 5% is um, is acceptable, I guess, is what it comes down to, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, – 
there's an attorney for the estate, I assume, uh, that can, you know, give them more information. And, you know, the judges keep keep track of that. You know, it's funny, though, that you mentioned this, and I think other people have heard of it as well, uh, this 5% to an executor or executrix, but not all executor or executrixes can collect that money because it's really to be shared by, even though it does take a little more work, right? So, Yeah, a little bit. A little uh, bit. It's also set up for things like the public administrator. Let's say that, uh, you know, nobody wants to be executor or executrix. Uh, public administrator gets involved and they're not going to do it for free. Yeah, no kidding. They need a little money on that. Understood. If you want to hear, by the way, some of our past shows, we actually have some seven years of radio shows that we've compiled. Go to LouisvilleRealEstateRadio.com. That's LouisvilleRealEstateRadio.com. We keep all of them housed there and you'll... If we've had a question, boy, it's possible that you've heard the answer, but you may want it again. I don't have them really indexed by questions, though that would take some time, but uh, certainly someplace you can go to hear some of our past show. All right, Matthew, this is for you. KC is about to buy a home, but she writes us that her mortgage company just told her she's no longer eligible for a mortgage. She says she listens to our show all the time. She wants to warn other home buyers about the mistakes you can make when planning or buying a home. So this will be pretty specific. And this is a great question. Unfortunately, Casey is having the problem. So Matthew, I'm going to pull up the item and you can explain why. So the first thing, which may be what happened with Casey, is don't change change jobs while you're in the process of buying a home. You want to explain why? Oh, that's correct. It would It would depend on the loan product. Uh, typically, though, if you change jobs, especially if it's in the same line of work, that's acceptable as long as you can prove it to your work history. Okay. Don't take on new debt as, for example, going to a furniture store and buying furniture on a credit card. And the Never, yep. never do that. I recently heard of someone from an account executive at a lender. Uh, this, this particular couple had enough money to close on their loan. And when they ended up the title company on closing day, they didn't have a cashier's check with them. And mm. when asked what happened, they went and bought furniture. Mm. So now they had furniture and no home. That because there's nothing they can do other than maybe borrow money from parents if they could do it, but that won't be able to they won't be able to close on that day, that's for sure, right? That's right. Yeah. All right. Final uh, part of this is don't miss any payments on any bills during this process or even before. Go for it on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, different loan products, whether it's VA, FHA, conventional, different rules there on how many lates you can have. Uh, typically, uh, some of them are, are one 12 months late, especially if it's a mortgage uh, or sometimes rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that They can become sticklers for that. And by the way, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that there's been some change in now the procedure where loan officers, mortgage companies are going to be able to include rent history, payment history in the qualification for a mortgage as a way of showing a good payment record. Have you heard that? Yes, sir. That That is correct. And and that has been true, uh, especially for VA type loans. Got it. But I think it's moving into the more conventional and maybe FHA as well. Right. All right. We slide back over to, uh, to Chuck. This one comes from Connie, who says in an email, and Chuck, I know where Chuck's mind and our listeners are going to go immediately. She's on really bad terms with her neighbor. So, of course, Chuck is going to say pie diplomacy, correct, oh, Chuck? Diplomacy. Yeah. But she says this past week, uh, things um, escalated. She found nails in her driveway, and she suspects they were thrown there by the neighbor. Both Connie, apparently, and her husband 
have already had flat tires because of the nails, and she's wondering what type of action she can take against the neighbor. Chuck? Cops. Uh, That is hugely illegal. (laughs) I mean, you can't booby trap somebody's driveway, uh, but you got to be able to prove it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So unless you got proof, then, you know, I've, I've run into people who will call up here with problems like that, and they're just sure it's this other person. They've never seen anything. The other people deny it vociferously, um, but they're sure. It's like, okay, you know, he said, she said, you can't really do anything about that. But uh, if somebody's doing, that's a criminal action. That could be life-threatening. You know, you start driving on the highway with a flat tire, you know, tire goes out. Uh, so, I mean, that's, it's one of those small things that could have a bigger repercussion. Uh, one way to handle that, I know some people who have uh, gone and gotten those cameras, mm-hmm. train it on a particular area that they think this is going on. Um, you know, you get something like that. Well, then that's a quick call to the police. You can swear out warrants on that all day long. Um, but- yeah. So let me, let me uh, push off from that point. Cause that was where I was going to go. And, so a couple of things I thought about this once this came in this email. So first of all, Connie, get a make sure you got a, a electric blower, you know, for blowing off leaves, and keep the driveway clear of leaves. So obviously, if we're going to get a lot of leaves over the next couple of uh, weeks, but if you keep it clear, and then any time before you go out on the on the driveway, if you're going in out of a garage or you're moving your car, search just do a walk and and look for any debris that might be on the driveway. So the that's probably the second part of it. The first part of it is what Chuck said, in getting a Nest or one of the other Ring products. There's a couple of them, both Nest and Ring have now that you can attach that have floodlights that pop on if, there's a, if they detect movement. So if you are able to plug them in, hook them up, you would know uh, specifically when the light goes on, there's some movement going on, and that may help you detect when somebody is moving close enough to the garage or to the driveway or wherever it might be uh, to light it up. And on another section, it may scare them away as well that you a light's coming on. They realize you're someone may be watching. So good luck on that, Connie. Let us know how that goes. Uh, back over to Matt. Denver is uh, his name. He's writing about he's going to shop for a new home. The mortgage rates are slowing him down, yet they popped up over 7%. Am I correct, Matthew? That is right. Yeah. So he is wondering about some of the terms that he's hearing, and this is great for all potential buyers, and if you're currently in the market or thinking about it, uh, what does a 2-1 buy-down mean? Can you give us a simple explanation of that? Sure. A a very simple explanation is you're paying. It could also be referred to as a temporary buy-down. It will last two years. For example, if your your par interest rate was seven percent on a two one buy down, the first year your interest rate will be five percent. The second year your interest rate will be six percent. From years three through whatever your term is, it will be the full seven percent. Is there any prepayment penalty if by chance you were going to refi and rates come down? That depends on the lender. Gotcha. So look for the uh, if there's a prepayment penalty. Correct. And then we're hearing, uh, I'm hearing from different sources that rates are going to potentially come down sometime next year to mid fours. I don't, there's no way to quantify that, but that's what I'm hearing. Have yeah, you heard if, I had, if I had a crystal ball, Bob. Yeah, I know you not. I could predict know. that. I would. And Chuck, yeah, yeah. We, we all uh, hope they will, yes. All right. And then he also asked, Denver also asks about interest only mortgages. I think that's pretty obvious. You're not paying any of the principal down. That's kind of dangerous. And then an arm, which, is similar to the 2-1, right? But it can readjust every five years or so? 
yeah, there are various types of arms. For example, like a five one, uh, you'll hit your first adjustment. I believe in year six on that one. Got it. So there, there are products out there. I know Swan's working actively to come up with new ways to help you save on interest rates and different programs, and we'll continue to track that as we go along. Uh, just a reminder that if you are thinking about selling your home and or buying your home, you can go to bobsellmyhome.com. We now have six ways to help you sell your home and just about guaranteed to help you find your next home before you have to leave your existing home. That's Bob, sellmyhome.com, fill it out, the foreman. We'll get right back to you on that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of your questions, including some tips on how to become more energy efficient, not you, but your home, more energy efficient over the next number of months because it's going to be a cold one. Again, with us till the top of the hour, Chuck Crosby, Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Also, Matt Bass in for Randy Rocky over at Swan Financial. They do a great job, all of the guys and ladies over there do. And you can reach Matt directly at 572-9626. And you can reach me, Bob Sokoler, anytime if you are in the mood to talk about selling your home. And if you're looking to buy, we can help you as well. You can reach me at 376-5483. We are back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information, other restrictions may apply. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. People often think that real estate agents market and sell the same way, but they don't. I'm Barbara Corcoran and I've worked with the best agents throughout the country. Having a local real estate agent who offers great marketing and options to fit your needs is smart. In Louisville, the agents I trust and you should hire are Bob and Greg Sokola. If I were selling Louisville, Bob and Greg would be my guys. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sokola, the Louisville Real Estate Show. We're here with you till the top of the hour. Still with us, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. They do closings. You can pick the closing attorney you want, and Chuck's a great guy to work with. 
and he does wills and a variety of other things. You can reach Chuck at 499-6360. And in for a day off, Randy Rocky is Matt Bass over at Swan Financial, 572 572- 9626 is his direct number. All right, Chuck, we go back to you. Landis writes in that he recently sold his house about six months ago, and he just got a call from the new owner saying that the countertops in the kitchen have cracked. Uh, This guy, Landis, says that uh, they did not crack on the day that uh, he moved out, so there were no cracks in the countertops, nor had they been cracked before. And so he is wondering, how does he respond to the buyer about having any correct countertops and the buyer coming after Landis? Well, you know, how do you respond? Something like that. If, uh, you know, clearly it wasn't that way when he sold the property. It's a countertop. I don't know that uh, a subsequent crack in the countertop expanding would be. Uh, considered a material issue. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I can't say as I've ever actually heard that. So if somebody comes back with a totally unreasonable claim, you can say, sorry, you know, they weren't that way day of closing and then just leave it at that or not respond at all uh, until you get something official, at which point, you know, that's when you would get your attorney who would no doubt say, I'm sorry, it's six months later and it's a countertop and it cracks. Show how there's any causal relationship to uh, my seller. Um, I see that occasionally. Uh, the the problem is, uh, you know, it can turn into a lawsuit. Uh, and if that's the case, you're going to spend money. So are they saying, hey, you know, two hundred dollars to fix it? I don't know. Uh, it's just kind of a, a weighing uh, sort of thing, a, a cost uh, risk cost analysis. Um, but uh, you know, uh, I have a hard time seeing how a countertop cracking six months later is a seller's issue. Um, you know, prove yeah. it. Prove it. Uh, you put a teapot on the cold, uh, you know, composite whatever, and it cracks. Uh, yeah. It just, I don't know. It, you hear that stuff. And it's like the first thing I go to is, well, how do you prove this? And if you can't prove it, you're not going to win. So what? You're just going to try and extort some money out of somebody well but you bring up a really good point and that is that the buyer can file a small claims court uh right and make yeah. it miserable on the seller right for, for this guy to have to deal with this just having in the back of his mind going to sleep at night he could lose sleep i mean no, yeah. I th- yeah i think that's a tough problem so, there. the way i look at that is if they file a small claims for something like that the very worst that's going to happen is you're going to have to pay to have it fixed and maybe uh you know, 80 bucks on top for the court costs. Yeah. Um, that's the worst case scenario. So uh, why would I give in at that point? Because yeah. I lose completely. I'm, you know, going to pay the exact same amount. Uh, something like that would just irritate me and I would push it and say, okay, prove it. Yeah. So, and one of the thing I would tell you to do on this Landis is if the buyer calls you again, I would potentially say, listen, I feel uncomfortable talking to you directly call your real estate agent and then you, that the buyer's real estate agent will call the seller's real estate agent and basically talk through somebody else because you don't want to say anything that could um, create a bigger problem for you. Am I right on that, Chuck, from your perspective? Yeah. Um, I mean, having a person go directly to the seller, that that just strikes me automatically as yeah. uncool. I mean, it's not illegal, but it's it's just uncool. Yeah. Uh, and it, it would suggest to me 
you know, maybe an ulterior motive, though I could be completely wrong on that. You know, you can't judge a person's motives just, you know, but, uh, I, you know, something like that, I'd say, prove it. Show me something that says it's my fault. Yep. Yeah. That's why go through real estate agents who have attorneys on speed dial and the attorneys will, uh, help you with direction. I know if I have a problem, I go to Chuck. He has the answer immediately. He's a good guy to have, uh, as a friend back over to, uh, to you, Matthew, uh, Matt, not you, Matt, plans to shop for a new home in 2023. He started there that there says there's four different things that can determine your interest rate he's reading. So, Matt, through, Matthew, let me read out Matt's items and just give us a quick one or two lines about what those four things are. I'll give you the topic. You ready? Credit score. How does that affect your interest rate? Uh, it's all based on credit worthiness. Uh, if you've been if you had late payments or lack of credit history, et cetera, you'll have a lower score. Typically, 740 and higher gets the best interest rate. Loan type can have an impact. How and why is that? Uh, for example, if you're down in the 600s, you're more FHA territory than you would be conventional uh, because of interest rate. Uh, we could take, say, you had a 650 credit score. I could take you conventional you'd pay a much higher interest rate than you would for an FHA product. Loan terms can have an impact on your credit score. Explain that. Uh, repeat that one, Bob. Loan terms, the terms of the loan. I think he's referring to the length of the term. You know, you've got a 15-year mortgage. You got, 20, 30, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so those will have an impact on the the credit rate. And it's how would you explain that? That's pretty simple, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. The interest rate could be better on a 15-year uh, mortgage than it would be on a 30. But it's going to be higher monthly payments because you're paying off the home in 15 okay. years instead of 30 years, right? Much higher, yes. And let's see. And then down payment. Increasing down payment has a direct correlation to how much your interest rate will be? That is correct. Uh, say you put 20% down or even 30% down, the lender would view that as more credit worthy. And you'll get a less lower interest rate. Correct. Good. All right. So those are some interesting points. Matt, hopefully Matthew has helped you in helping to shop for a mortgage. And I would highly suggest Swan, if you're thinking about it, please check them out. I'll give out Matthew's number at the uh, end of this uh, block. All right. Chuck, George, yeah. looking to flip homes and realizes that foreclosures and short sales are far and few between these days. I think we would agree with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's wondering if he can go after abandoned real estate that might he might find in need of a lot of work, and he'd like to know how, where does he start to even try to do this abandoned real estate. Well, if it's abandoned, that suggests you won't be able to find who owns it. Mm -hmm. which means you're not going to be able to buy it because uh, you got to have everybody that owns it. You know, there's lots of properties out there that I run across where, you know. They're looking for who owns the property because the last person on the deed uh, died 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's that's out there. But you got to be able to locate who owns it and reputable in a reputable fashion. That is to say, um, I run across a lot of people who say, oh, yeah, uh, mom and dad left that to me. Well, mom and dad are long since gone. There was never any will. There was never any probate. Uh, you don't own the property. You and all their other heirs own the property. Uh, shoot, I even saw one where uh, Junior uh, signed Senior's name on a deed. And I'm looking at it, and it's like, oh, wait a minute. This is done. I see Senior's date of death. This is well past that. 
I would like to know how that happens um, if if there's not a problem with it. Um, but, uh, you know, you get that kind of thing. Uh, ultimately, yeah. you can get a property where you can't uh, find the owners, but it requires purchasing tax bills, then foreclosing on the property yourself, and then being the highest bidder. There's all kinds of variables involved. A lot, in a lot of work going into it to try yeah. to get it. Yeah, yeah. Usually, um, I'm pretty good at finding heirs. Um, there's a lot of different websites these days. There's a lot of different ways of finding all the heirs. If you can get them, well, yeah, sure. You know, uh, as long as you can just verify specifically who owns the property, uh, then there's not really much of a problem, uh, you know, unless you run across liens. My yeah. bet is if abandoned, there's probably also lots of building and housing liens and taxes unpaid and all that kind of stuff. So it may not um, be worth going after it is what you're getting. Yeah. At, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, all right. Uh, moving on. So it's going to be a cold winter. You guys all snuggled, ready to go with the uh, warmer heat bills and all that stuff. Oh. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's coming, I suspect. So we've got some tips. I'm going to go through these fast, but note that I have a list of these, uh, and you want to read them, send me an email, bob at com. energy tips in the subject line, and I'll send you the list that I've got. But I'm going to go through a couple of these. And we've talked about a couple. Change your light bulbs to LEDs. That's going to save you some money on the electric bills. Wash your clothes in cold water if possible. I know there are varying opinions, but I'm told that does work really well. Clean or replace all filters in your home. Dirty filters make your system, your, your HVAC system work harder. Use your microwave instead of your oven to frost your refrigerator and freezer before buildup becomes a problem and ruins efficiency. And during warmer months, close the blinds, shades, and drapes. Uh, and then open them up in the winter months because you can let that light in and help get some energy. Now, that's just a handful of a wide variety that we've got. Again, send me an email, Bob, at wesellouisville.com. All right, we've got about a minute left. Matthew, you get the last question here. Pamela is in the process of getting a divorce, and she's wondering how much money she actually needs as a down payment to get a loan. By the way, Chuck, I'm bringing you in on this because you're going to need to answer a question in a minute on this. So Pamela is wondering if her divorce will be a problem in getting that mortgage, first of all. So what would you, how would you answer Pamela on that, Matt? Uh, it could be a problem if the mortgage is still active, if it hasn't been refinanced out of her name. That would be included in something called her debt-to-income ratio, perhaps. Um, and as far as how much she needs to put down, that would depend on the loan type. If she was a veteran, obviously she could qualify for 0% down. And I think you make a good point that if she's on another loan with her soon-to-be ex, and she's part of it, that's still debt that she owes until she's quit claimed deed off of, uh, or they, or the husband refinances, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Her, her name needs to come off the loan. Doesn't do anything. Yeah. Quit claim doesn't. It's, it has to. But the other thing, Chuck, is advise Pamela if she's going to, let's say she's off the loan. So mm -hmm. she's clear to go to buy another house, but the divorce is not final. What would you say to Pamela about protecting herself, about buying a home where her soon to be ex still has an interest? in the new home that she's purchasing well the interest that they have is what they call a dower interest okay or a courtesy interest if you're male uh harkens back to the days when you had to bring six goats to a marriage presumably <laughs> you got goats back if you got uh, kicked out that kind of thing uh the fact of the matter is you are married until a judge says you are not so i don't want to hear that you're separated or you're in divorce doesn't matter until a judge says you're not married you are married therefore if you're going to take out a mortgage if you're going to own a piece of property in fee simple in your name alone that spouse is going to automatically have a dower or courtesy interest of 50 percent in the property which means 
they're going to have to sign off on the mortgage, not the note, not borrowing money, but they have to sign off and subordinate that interest in favor of the mortgage, paragraph 13 on most mortgages. Um, but in any event, um, when you run into a scenario like that, it's not that you can protect yourself from them getting the property. Presumably, all the marital interests are taken care of. This isn't going to be that. Uh, so that's not so much the issue. The issue is getting that spouse to agree to sign off on the mortgage um, if they refuse to do it. And occasionally we run into that scenario. Uh, you have to keep in mind dower interest is based on fee simple ownership of a property. Joint survivorship, however, is not fee simple. So go on the deed with your mom in joint survivorship, then the spouse has no interest. We are out of time, but if you'd like more information from Chuck, because there's a lot more to this and he just rushed through it to help accommodate for time, call Chuck Crosby over at the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Good job, Chuck. Also, Matt, nice job on your first outing here with us. Uh, in for Randy Rocky, Matt Bass. You can reach Matt at 572-9626. And you can reach me anytime if you'd like to talk about uh, the plans to get your home on the market this year or next year. Or if you want to buy, we've got 12 agents ready to help you. You can reach me anytime, 376-5483. That's 376-5483. Guys, thanks for being there. Thanks for you listening out there. We'll see you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.